Good morning, everybody. Today, Mr. Shem will be learning Daf Yud Dalid in Maseches Bavakama. We start eight lines down, two dots on Yud Gimel Amud Beis, and it's Thursday, which means we got two days to make a huge dent and to catch up uh, and, and get you guys ready for Shabbos. Andrew, this one's for you. Here we go. The Chasim Shanshel Bnebris. This is an unbelievable halacha that our Mishnah had mentioned. That again, we're talking about Hezek Mamon, which means my shore, Gore's another shore. All this halacha that you pay a full Nezek if he's a Muad, habitual Gore, and if you pay Chatzin Nezek if he's a Tom, or any of the other Shane Veregel uh, parameters, all only apply, says the Gemara, for Bnebris. That only applies for Jew on Jew. Right, nichse mamon hezek lemute. I asked the Gemara, who are we excluding? Ilemute dovek chavim. Wait a minute. Are you saying that if my shore damages the shore of an ovid kachavim, that I'm not chayev? So the Gemara, yeah, that it, that that can't even be what the mission means. Not because we that's not the halacha, but because that's already so obvious that we know it in the Mishnah. Hakatani la common. We were taught we're going to learn the mission on Laman Zion Bays. Shore Shall Israel, Shinagah Shosha Ovik Khavim, Potter. It's like straight up. If a shore of Israel is morning. For sure of Israel, right? Gore is a shore of an Ovikhavim, your Potter. This is a non PC Mishnah that uh, we once had a Shabbos um when when the coffee kicks in, I'll remember the name of the rabbi from uh that used to be in Or Yashalaim, he now teaches at the OU Center. They gave uh that, that gave a talk about all of these halachas that sound like maybe we would not want the other Chavim to see them, but this is one of them. That uh, literally, if a shore of a Jew uh, gore is a shore of an Chavim, they are potter. So be that as it may, that can't be what our mission is saying because our mission already said it in Lam Zayin So the Gemara says, Tan of Ahadim Rifarish. That's true. It's true that our Mishnah is saying it now and it's going to say it again in Lam Zayin It's going to repeat it. That's okay. Because uh, it's bringing it up now and it's going to get a little bit more elaborate later. That's fine. Furthermore, the next clause in the Mishnah. Nechasim ha-miyuchadim. All right, so this is, going to, this is going to take a little while. Barry, we're two dots, uh, whatever, like 12 lines down. Nechasim ha-miyuchadim. Okay. This means like this. Laws of damages, sure... What is only going to be chayv what? In a private property? What does it even mean? What are we excluding? Says the Gemara. Amar Yehuda, Omer Okay. This is the case where we don't know. When you have a situation like this, um, we're going to use Barry, Phil, and Andrew here. Okay? Mm-hmm. Barry's ox goes out uh, on a walk or whatever. Okay? And... All of a sudden, well, three ox or three oxes go out into the field, and only two come back. And Barry says, "Uh oh, this has been gored to death by an ox." But he doesn't know whose ox did it. Was it Phil's ox or was it Andrew's ox? So Andrew says, "Well, it's obvious. You know me. It's Phil's ox." And Phil says, "It was Andrew's ox." Well, Barry, all he knows is his ox has been gored to death by one of these two guys' ox, and so somebody's got to pay for it, right? Wrong. In the case where you cannot identify who gored, then there's not going to be Hezek. Okay, a, a quick pause, even though we are, of course, in turbo drive. You're seeing here that this is not exactly restitution. We're, we're, we're going to see this. Uh, we're going to see this soon. 
So what do I mean? As follows. We have the halacha of shomrin, right? Shomrin means that somebody takes responsible, some responsibility to watch over somebody's stuff, right? So if somebody takes responsibility to watch over somebody's shore, let's say, and that shore uh, gores somebody else or whatever, that damage is sustained by that shore or, or, or shore is sustained by the damage. If, for whatever reason, as a shomer, you watched over something and that thing was damaged, right? You, you pay back damages, right? You're paying back, you, you restore whatever was lost in full. There's no chazi nezek, nezek shalem. You're not getting into, right, these, these kind of parameters. It's literally just pay back whatever loss was, was incurred, right? But we see that in these hilachos, niske mamon. When it comes to niske mamon, when one shore gores another, there's elements of, well, maybe you don't exactly pay back, and this is an example of it, right? Because after all, this isn't like Shnai Mochs and Betalis, right? Right, where, where, where somebody, right, has to have some sort of ownership, and we're saying Yachloku, and there has to be, the money's got to go somewhere. Here, literally, nobody's going to get paid if we can't identify who the shore is, right? So something's happening here that's a little bit different than direct restitution. That's all, that's all I'm pointing out, because you'll see that with regards to the Niske moment in other contexts, this is certainly one of them, okay? Fine. The Gemara then says, wait a minute. Is that really true, that if we don't know which shore it is, that nobody pays? The Mishnah later on Lamed Hay is going to say, that if Barry and Phil's ox are chasing down, uh, uh, Barry and Phil's ox are chasing down Andrew's ox, Oh, wait. That's, that's actually just redundant. That's exactly what we said. So we just said that. We're going to say that in Lamed. Hey, why are we saying that we're saying it now? So just like we said before by the Shor of Anakam, we're saying it again. Tari v'hadim Farish, right? Our Mishnah brings it up. So again, what is our mission doing? It's bringing a list. If it's Shobneibris, then you're Chayef. If it's, uh, it's Miyuchadim, which means now that we know that, that we read that, we know that it means that if we can ascribe it to a specific, one specific owner, then all of these cases are cases where you do pay. To exclude what? If it's an Ovid Kachavim, or if we don't know who it belongs to, we do not pay. Both of those halachas will be elaborated upon later, on Lamed Hay and then on Lamed Zion, but that's okay. Right now we're enumerating the laws, and later we'll elaborate on them, so it's not necessarily redundant, and this is exactly where we introduce these ideas. We'll see. This Our Mishnah is actually kind of like an introductory Mishnah, and really brings an outline and introduction to uh, Nazikin and how they get paid and all of these ideas and so it's appropriate that it's said now and then repeated later. Very good. Okay, now. Now the Gemara wants to say that was what we, that was the first interpretation of what it means Nechasim Yuchadim that you have to identify who the owner is. But, the Masnisa Tana in Ebraisa we said Prat Lenichse Hefker that the Mishnah means uh, not so much who the owner of the shore is okay, but uh, whether shore is whether the shore is ownerless. What do you mean? Like this. What do you mean? What's the case? It's going to be hard to nail down the case because after all, let's say Andrew Shore goes out and and uh, bore and, and gores a wild shore. Well, ask the Gemara. What do you mean? What do you mean we don't pay? Of course we don't pay. If it's a wild shore that's ownerless, who is he going to pay? With the municipality? Like, there's no owner to pay. So, of course, the, you're there, you're going to be part there, because there's simply no recipient there. 
Now the Nakach Torah, the Hefkel Torah, did done. Okay. So let's say Rachman al-Tzlan, Andrew's shore is out in the field in a wild shore that doesn't belong to anybody. Right, gores it. So then, lays over lace. So then, wait a minute. Uh, then, Andrew should take, what is it, lace? It means Andrew just take the ox. In other words, he's going to go and trap that wild ox, take it, shecht it into a gajillion pieces and sell it. Nobody's stopping him, right? It's ownerless. It's Hefka. You just go out and get it. That's what that means. So, I mean, the bottom line is, an ownerless ox, according to this interpretation, there is no scenario whether the ox is goring us or we're goring that ox. There's no scenario where somebody's going to be paying someone else because obviously there is no owner. Okay? So our answer is no. Crazy thing. Right? So, so what happens is, the damaging ox, right, goes, Barry, this is not going to sound nice. I'm going to just use you as an example. You would never do this. But an, an ox, a wild ox, gores Andrew's ox. Now Andrew's ox is gone. And Andrew rightfully goes out into the safari to get the ox uh, as restitution he ca- to capture this wild ox, and he's going to sell it to Phil, and he's going to make some of his money back. But Barry... Uh, having been alerted to the existence of said wild ox, says he's going to go on safari too. And Barry ends up taking the ox. Wow. So what happens there? The Mishnah's teaching you that the, um, that Andrew can't go to Barry and say, what'd you do? Why'd you take the ox? That was my ox to, 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 to capture. Barry has as much right to this Hefker ox that, as Andrew does, despite the fact that this Hefker ox damaged Andrew's ox. That doesn't make it your ox, Andrew. I'm sorry to say, right? You could, you and Barry, go at it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a just have a race to see who can get the ox first. Okay, now, okay, Ravina Amar. That was so again. Explanation number one of what it means this is a fascinating idea, right? Uh, this idea of miuchadim. So the first thing is if we don't know the the owner is. Second thing is if it's an ownerless ox. Now a third halacha. Uh, third possibility of what miyuchad means. Ravina Amar lemute nagach v'achakach hikdish nagach v'achakach hifkir. This is quite a shtick, right? Huh. Andrew's ox again is a very busy ox is goring other people. So what does Andrew do? He doesn't want to have to pay Barry. Not not on my watch. So he's makdish his ox. Can Barry then collect from hikdish? He can't collect from hikdish. <laughs> or even worse, you know what? If I don't want Barry to get this, I don't want anybody to get this. In fact, I'm going to, instead of paying Barry with this ox, uh, out of pride, he's going to be mafia the ox. Anybody could take it, but not Barry. I'm just, you know, I'm saying, Barry, I guess, wants his half care, can go get it. But the point is, right, that Andrew either is mafia shit or declares the ox ownerless, thus uh, putting himself in a situation where he no longer owns the ox and thus can't pay to can't pay Barry from said ox. Wow, is that is that really what the Mishnah could might mean when it says miyuchadim? Says the Gemara. Yeah, we have a brace to support that as follows. Uh, this is obviously a, a continuation of a brisa. That brisa is talking about an ox that kills a person gets a ben, uh, death penalty. Okay, and uh, moreover, Rabbi Huda then said, that even if Andrew's ox, let's say, uh, gored, and then subsequently 
um, Andrew was Makdashit, or Nagach Vachach Hifkir, exactly the case that we're suggesting, Ravina says it in our Mishnah, of what Mechadim is, and, uh, Andrew was Mafkir, Potter, right? Even there, the animal is exempt from the death penalty. In other words, no, normally the animal will be exempt from, uh, normally the animal would, um, an ox that gores a human being, we didn't discuss this so much yet, but we know that if an ox gores an ox, then we, we have the monetary payment. By the way, another, uh, right, another aspect that shows you it's not exact restitution is, exact, is something that we already discussed, which is when you pay the chatzin nezek or the nezek shalman, it comes from the what? The busser of the ox that gores itself. Like, why would that matter, right? There's some sort of kapar that's going on here, right, as opposed to just restitution. But anyways, so here we see that if an ox gores a human being, the ox is put to death. Yeah, but not if the ox itself has been declared ownerless. The ox has to have an owner in order to be, uh, put to death. Why would that be? Says the Gemara Shneimar, because that's that's straight up the pasuk regarding the uh, the Shor Muad. The Shor Muad in Shmos Chafal, right in Mishpatim, says the pasuk. Okay, Yumas. Right. So the Gemara quotes the pasuk, and then right Yumas. Well, Gambalav sounds like this shore must have an owner, right? If the shore was ownerless, wait a minute, you're going to put the owner of the shore to death? Wow. Are you serious? Anyway, we're not learning this, this pasuk yet, but that's what it says, that even the owner should be put to death. Wow. Well, anyways, if it's ownerless, we'll, we'll get to that at, at some point, but, the, but if it's ownerless, then the ox is not going to be put to death because you have to have a baal, Right? As, and then as the Gemara uh, continues to say, That means that the, own, right, the owner uh, of the ox has to continue to be the owner of the ox all the way from the time that the ox perpetrated the crime and killed the human being up until the time that there is a Hamada uh, Bedin, until the time they appear in court, the ox must be owned the, by the same owner the entire time, right? So that sounds like Ravina, who says that if you, again, Ravina is just making the inference that if the, there is no penalty on the ox, if it's ownerless, so then there should be, and there's no penalty on the owner, then there should be no penalty in the case of an ox goring, not a human being, but an ox goring an ox, there should be no penalty of mammon either. That's, that's the inference from Ravina. Okay, fine. So the Gemara, Gemara din lo just as an aside, we just said ha'amad bedin, that the owner has to own uh, this ox, and in order for uh, the ox and said owner to be culpable, they have to be in, in continuous ownership up until the time that they come to court. It says only until they come to court, what about, it's not until the verdict? What do you mean? Like he can, you can, uh, Andrew, uh, theoretically, not Andrew, but you know what I mean. Someone could be mafgir the ox, like during the court proceedings and, and before the verdict and still everyone is going to be chayev? Ha, says the Gemara, ha shor yisakel b'gemar denu You know, when you read the Pasuk, it says ha shor yisakel v'gambalav yimah. Shor yisakel, the actual stoning of the shore doesn't happen during the deliberation. That only happens once the verdict's been laid down. So maybe the shore should have to be owned all the way through, says the Gemara. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. You're right. The ownership has to be all the way through. In other words, as long as the shore is owned, 
throughout, right, the time that, um, as long as it's owned throughout, from the time that it perpetrated the crime, so to speak, until the verdict and the stoning, then that's when you're going to stone the ox. So maybe that is a good idea. I don't know. To, to mafke the ox sounds like it's a good idea, you know, to avoid the, be- the death penalty. Uh, we shouldn't know from such things. Okay. Uh, fine. Next part of the Mishnah. Says the two dots. Chutz mirshus hamiuchet lemazik. Ah, now we're getting excited. Okay, up until now we're talking about the ownership of the shore. Now let's talk about the ownership of the location where the crime was done. Chutz mirshus hamiuchet lemazik. What does that mean? Yeah, huh. Andrew. Everybody knows. The whole Baltimore knows that his shore is out of control, right? So anywhere that his shore damages, Andrew knows that he's going to be responsible. That's why he takes such good care of it and he keeps it in his Rishos HaYachid and keeps it under, under watch. Yeah, but if you're going to trespass into Andrew's territory, then it's all bets are off, right? Whatever that shore does, that's not Andrew's responsibility. He doesn't have to pay for that. There's no trespassing. There's a giant sign in front of his house that says, beware of shore. So therefore, that is what it means. Chutz <laughs> If you go into Andrew's Rishos, you're not going to ha- Andrew's not going to have to pay, right? As the Gemara explains, it's, the logic is clear. The Amalite, Torach, Torach, my boy. Yeah. Yeah, Barry, why'd your shore come to my, what was your shore doing in my yard? It's not my problem. I'm sorry about what happened to your shore, but you, your shore should have known better, or you should have known better than to let your shore go into my shore. Uh, private property. Fine. Then the Mishnah continues to say, what's the next idea? So we just said chutz mirshus mechad lemazik. Now we're saying mirshus hanizak vehamazik. Okay, what did the Gemara, what did the Mishnah say? Mirshus hanizak amazik. What happens if Barry and Andrew, old school? This goes back to oh, uh, I wish we could go back. You know, Hajjan Allah, Phil. As we go through and we go through the shots next time, you'll hear all the cases in Shabbos and Ervin where Andrew and Barry owned chutzers together. It was it was crazy. Okay, so let's so but but so we have a little bit of that here. Barry and Andrew co-own a chutzer, okay, but it's unclear exactly how this flows. Uh, I'm going to show you because if you read the Mishnah, it says Rishus Hanizik vehamazik, right, and then right from there it says Ukshehizik chav hamazik, kishehizik chav hamazik. We're going to take that statement, kishehizik chav hamazik. We're not sure if that's a continuation of Rishus Hanizik vehamazik or if it's the beginning of the next clause. So. So, so buckle up. This is gets this gets fun. Watch this. Amar Chista Amar Avimi. Chatzar Shetafin Chiyeva Al Shein Vehabregel. It's a fascinating idea. Let's just think about this logically, right? Okay. We say right. It has to be the the chatzar of an acher, right? That you have to in order to be chayev that your your Shein Vehabregel, right? Then my shore has to trespass, or Andrew's shore has to trespass into Barry's shore in order to be chayev. Because after all, if he's all he's doing is walking in Rishos of Rabim, so Barry's stuff shouldn't have been there. Certainly if it's in Rishos of Andrew, as we just said, Barry's stuff shouldn't have been there. So the only way that Andrew's going to be chayev is his shore wanders into Barry's uh, field. Fine. Okay. Question is, what if Barry and Andrew have a field that they own together? So what would you say? Is, does that mean that Andrew is allowed to let his shore run wild there? And what if he gores Barry's shore? They're both allowed to have it there, but it's, so is that considered 
Barry's field to the extent that it would fulfill this requirement that it has to go into someone else's field? After all, it's also Andrew's own field. So what would be the halacha? So if Christa said in the name of Vimi that you're chayiv and chain veregel as if it was someone else's field. That's the point, right? And that's what the Mishnah is saying. It says, right? So now follow the Mishnah and the logic. We said that if Andrew's shore is sitting around minding his own business, and then, but we know Andrew's shore is out of control, and Barry's shore wanders in, so then Andrew's not going to be chayiv because Barry's shore was pre- uh, trespassing, and therefore the putter. That's where Andrew's putter. Right? And then you read this ambiguous little part of the Mishnah and you continue, you read the continuation. It says, if Andrew and Barry jointly own the, 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 uh, the Chatzar, then, then if Andrew's shore mauls Barry's shore, then Andrew indeed would be Chayev, which is to say that even though, right, it's Andrew's yard, it's Barry's yard as well, and it's as if Andrew's shore, um, mauled Barry short in Barry's yard, which is the case where you are indeed chayv. That is in the Erev Chista. However, Lazar Amar, uh, he objects. He says, no, this is how you read the Mishnah. Pater al Shein val regel. That no. That indeed, we're talking about Shen and regel. That's the context that we're talking about. And indeed, right, uh, Andrew's going to be Pater. So again, Shein regel. Andrew's shore was like rubbing up against, I mean, Barry's shore is so pathetic that all, all Andrew's shore had to do was rub up against it a little bit, no kavadah lahazik, no, no malintent, and, and Barry's shore got injured. V'hachi kamar, and that's what the Mishnah is saying. Here's how you read it. Chutz b'yishosem lamazik. So again, we're, we're reading the words of the Mishnah, one after the other, and we're taking the, we're taking the words and we're saying, here's how they modify each other. So it's a fascinating little exercise here. So, uh, so that, of course, means that if Barry Shore wanders into Andrew's yard and gets mauled, then Andrew is putter. That's what we already said. So that we all agree on. That's what that means. Then, and then it says, that's the next clause in the Mishnah. So according to Ravina, right, in the name of Avimi, rather, that was part of the next phrase. That's a contrast, right? That Andrews is putter if Barry Shore wanders in. However, if they join only, then Andrews chayev. No, says Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar says Andrews putter if Barry Shore wanders in, and also putter if Andrew and Barry co-own it. That's what it says. Nami putter. That if Andrews Shore and Barry Shore are both wandering around in their jointly owned chatzer, and Andrew Shore malls Barry Shore, Andrew's also going to be putter. After all, it's regel, and it's something that, and Shane, so there's no kavanah lahazik, which we'll see is independent of where it happens. But once it's re- Shane and regel, so it's just a question of, is the shore, could you have expected it to be there? Well, guess what? They both own this particular chatzar, and therefore both of them had a right to have the shore wandering around, and therefore just because Andrew's shore is uh, stronger and mauled Barry's shore, that's not Andrew's problem, and he's going to be pater there as well. And then the next clause when it says, Ukshihizik is a reference, says Rabbi Lazar, Karen. that is uh, to indicate that indeed Andrew is, there is a scenario where he'd be chayev in a scenario where it's a joint chatzar, namely when the damage is kavana lahazik, which is to say it's done through what we call karen. So yeah, if Andrew's shore, Gore's Barry's shore, 
and in with an intent to destroy Karen is totally right uh, is totally uh, irrelevant. The, the ownership of the chazer is totally irrelevant in Karen. That kind of goring, of course, Andrew is chayev, and that's what the Mishnah is telling us, according to Rabbi Lazar. Shizuk chayev mazik is not right modifying this this uh, second part of of the joint ownership. It's actually it's actually distinct. It's making a um, a distinction contrasting Karen and Shein Varegel. So again, according to Chista, the name of Ravimi, if you have Shein Varegel in a jointly owned thing. There's going to be a chayev. That's that's enough to qualify as today acher, and therefore Andrew would be chayev, as opposed to Rebbe Lazar, who says when it's a jointly owned chazer, and then sheni v'regel, nobody's going to be chayev. Everybody's entitled to be there. Oh, so now we're going back. Rashi, how nicha l'shmuel, as Rashi says, the Amar Beresh Pirkin in the very beginning, when we when we started learning Bavakama, we said we remember there was Arba Abbas Nazikin. We started. We had a machlokas Rav Shmuel. What does Mavim mean? Does Mavim mean Shane? Does Mavim mean, right? So, does it mean something else? Does it mean Adam, right? So we said over here, right? Betana shor laraglo umavet l'sheno itzrich ala esuyakaren. So you might recall that if Mavim and Shane, what we said with Shmuel, who hold that Mavim and Shane, so that means that our mission when it talks about the Arba Abbas Nazikin is actually uh, illustrating all the different uh, parts of a shore, and shore doesn't include all the parts in the in, as one of when you say that shore is one of the right is one of the arba avos nazikin you're not including all the parts according to rav you are according to shmuel right karen is a uniquely different kind of damage so that's what the gemara is saying now that according to shmuel honey shmuel according to shmuel this idea of karen being a totally different level of damage makes sense rav but according to Rav, who over there says the Amar Tana Shor v'Chol Mila Deshor, who said that the opening Mishnah, literally the very beginning, it says Arba Avos Nazikin, it said Shor is referring to what Shane Regal and Karen, inclusive of Karen, Chav Hamazik Lasuimai. What then does the Mishnah mean when it says Chav Hamazik? After all, it can't be referring to Karen because according to Rav, we already learned that in the opening Mishnah. Wow. Okay. So it says the Gemara Lasui Hadet Tana Rabbanan. No, what we want to learn is. What we already learned in the name of the Ravon is actually Hizik Chava Mazik. Lahavi Shomachin and Bashal Nasasachar Vehasocher. Shizika Behemabir Shusan. What's going on here? The following. This is what the Bryce says, right? The Mishnah says Shizik Chava Mazik, right? This is a sort of like ambiguous statement. It's a very open ended statement. Yeah, we're talking, we're learning about Nazikin. So when you say, yeah, when, when something damaged the Mazik is Chayev, it's like, you know, can you clarify? Can you be more specific, please? So the, according to, right, according to the Brisa, that statement that seems very inclusive means the following, that if you have a shomer chinam, right, a custodian that doesn't get paid, somebody's doing you a favor and watching your stuff, or a shoel, or a borrower, or a nose sachar or socher, or nose sachar is somebody who is watching it for pay, or a socher is a renter, any one of these type of shomerim, which means all shomerim, she is zika behemabir shusan, Right, so if they're watching an animal, and while they're watching an animal, right, the damage was done. We'll see the Gemara's going to explain exactly which animal damaged what. Then we have a case of Tam Misham Chatzin Ezekumud Misham Nezek Shalom. That even in the case of Shomrim, to make a long story short, the Brisa says that even in the case of Shomrim, we're going to have the regular application of Karen, which is that a a Tam, right, an innocent shore is Misham Chatzin Ezek. 
and a muad and habitual gar is misham nezik shalom. However, nifritzer belayla. However, if the wall that right Barry is the shomer in our, in our in our case, right? So Barry's watching the shore very well, but what are you going to do? The animal broke through the enclosement. Or people came and broke through it from the outside. So if Barry as a shomer, right, had a mishap where something unexpected, like an animal breaking the, the walls or somebody breaking the walls from the outside, and then the animal went and gored, then Barry's going to be potter. So that's what the Brysa says. Now we're going to break down this Brysa like a fraction fill. We're going to get this all sorted out. You ready? So Mar said the following. The Mishnah statement that when to say that that includes Shomrim, Hechidami. How does it include Shomrim? Let's, let's, let's be more specific. So let's say the case of a borrower. Fine. A borrower. So we're going to use Andrew and Barry again. Okay. And Barry has his own shore. Okay, and he borrows <coughs> Andrew's shore for the weekend. And Andrew's shore, I could have told you this was going to happen, but mauls Barry's shore. Shore. Okay. So if you're going to say that's the case, so then lay let right, let Andrew say to Barry, "Ilu azik be'alma, You know, says Andrew. Right. So again, Andrew Barry borrows Andrew's shore, and Andrew's shore destroys Barry's shore. Now, had Andrew's shore destroyed Phil's shore while Barry was borrowing it, Barry would be chayef, right? Because so long as, Barry, so long as you were borrowing Andrew's shore, you were responsible for that shore's behavior, right? You were borrowing it. It was under your jurisdiction. So if it had mauled Phil's shore, you'd be chayef, Barry. So Andrew could say to you, wait a minute, (laughs) if if my shore, Andrew says, had mauled Phil's shore, then you'd be paying Barry, right? So what are you, what are you going to say, said Andrew? Just because my shore, says Andrew, mauled your pure, puny little nebuch shore, that means that I have to pay you? Right? If it had mauled Phil, it would be your responsibility. So it mauled your shore. It's still your responsibility. That's what Andrew's saying to you, right? That's exactly what the Gemara says. Ilu Izak, right? So Lamalay, Andrew could say to Barry, Ilu Izak Bayama, Bayus the Shlumiat, right? If if my shore that you're borrowing had mauled Phil's shore, you would have to pay. Now that it's your shore that was the victim, I still have to pay? Of course not. Okay, so that can't be the case. Okay, the tables have turned, Andrew. Right? Barry borrows Andrew's shore, and sure enough, Barry's shore mauls it. Okay, so what's that teaching you? That in that case, we're going to say that a chiddush, that even though Barry borrowed Andrew's shore, now when you borrow something, you have to return it, right? Barry certainly did not return it. His shore mauled Andrew's shore. So, so what are you going to say? So the chiddush here is that Barry only has to pay chatzin nezek. Wow. Because, and that's a chiddush. Because Andrew could tell Barry, right? If, if Andrew's shore had been gored by Phil's shore, right? While it was in Barry's care, right? Then Barry, as the Shoel, as the Shomer, would have had to pay Andrew, not because of Nazikin, but because this is what we were talking before. 
because it was a total loss, right? He borrowed something. It doesn't matter who, who damaged it. In other words, as a mazik, you pay chatzin nezek for a time. Fine. But as a shomer, you got to make Andrew whole. You borrowed it. You pay for it, right? There's no chatzin nezek, nezek shalem. So mm-hmm. let's assume it was a tom, sure, right? So Andrew, so, uh, right, so Andrew could tell Barry that if, so that, that this short, my short got mauled and you were watching over it. Therefore, you normally would have to pay me restitution. You have to make me whole and pay me back for the short. You would have paid the, for the entire short. So what are you going to say? If Phil had, right, you're, you were a showman over my short. If Phil had, um, Phil uh, short had damaged it, then you'd be paying me in full. Now that your show damaged it, you're going to pay me chatzin nezek? I don't think so. In other words, just because you're a mazik, right, doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to go into Elchaz Nezik and only pay me chatzin nezek, right? Just because you're, you're also a shomer. And as a shomer, you have to pay me in full. Okay? So that can't be the case. So what's going on? No. The case has to be like this. That... That it's back to Andrew. Everybody knows Andrew's ox is the dominant ox, and he crushed Barry's ox. And Hachamai what's the case? Shekiba of Shemiras Gufo. Okay. So now, as we arrive at Dalit, the very manageable time, 6 04 a.m. Velo Kiba of Shemiras Nezakov, right? That Andrew, that the Barry rather, took upon himself, right, responsibility that he's going to watch Andrew's shore. Nothing's going to happen to your shore, Andrew, says Barry. But I can't take responsibility for what your short does, right? So it's, it's a chiddush that you could take on a half a shmira. But yeah, Andrew's going away to San Diego. He says, Barry, what, can you watch my short? He said, yeah, I can make sure nothing will happen to your short. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not taking responsibility for anything this short does. I, that I can take upon myself. You could do that. Oh, well, obviously, if you do that, so then, right, the, the, it's going to be pashut, right, that if you, Andrew... <laughs> That, that, that you're going to be, that who's going to be Chayev? That Andrew's going to be Chayev. In other words, if you made that arrangement and then Andrew's short mauls Barry's short, Andrew will indeed be Chayev, right? Because Barry said that I'm not responsible for anything, right? Because again, the fact that it was in, in Barry's possession doesn't absolve Andrew because Barry specifically said if it does any damage, I'm not going to be responsible for it. So that's the Chiddush, okay. So now, says the Gemara, So what's this whole thing at the end? That if at nighttime, other people break in, and then it goes in and does Hezek, Pater. What does that imply? That if it happens in broad daylight, when Barry's supposed to be awake and watching it, that you're Chayev. That can't be. Right? If we're saying that the case is when Barry already said that he's not going to have any responsibility, then even in broad daylight, he should be Pater. So the Gemara, Chayev. If it's Belayla, she puts a list of Yatstav, Ezika, Pater. Yeah, you just modify that Brysa. And you say, and you basically say, yeah, maybe the beginning of the case is when he wasn't accepting the Shemir Snezek, but the end is when he was Mechabel Shemir Snezek, it's Mechabel Shemir Snezek, so then he's only going to be, he's going to be Chayev during the daytime. Fine. Now let's go back to the jointly owned yard. Okay? As follows. Right? We said that according to Rabbi Lazar, Right, we read the Mishnah, right, where he is, it's not considered stay acher. So says the Gemara, is that really true? That you're exempt from Shane Regal in that case? Vatani Rabbi Yosef, Chatzar Shutafim Vapundak, if a yard belongs to partners or they own an Airbnb, Chayav Behin Al Shane Valeregal, to you to the Rebbe Lazar. In other words, Rebbe Lazar specifically interpreted the Mishnah 
that that everybody is potter, right, if they join the yard for Shane Varegel because everybody's entitled to be there. And yet we have a specific b'risa of Rabbi Yosef that says the exact opposite. It's a tiyuf to Rabbi Lazar. That says that, in fact, everybody's chayv. So how do you reconcile these two b'risas? So Amalach Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar says, v'tispera? Do you think that that's a real challenge to me? Must need some milo poligi, right? In other words, you're challenging me? What does this have to do with me? I have a b'risa, you have a b'risa. Like, this is a machlokas tanaim. This is not my fight. I happen to hold, like the Mishnah says, that you're part of it. Because after all, we have the following b'risa. This is where I was saying, we're going to do some introductory things. This, this, this b'risa is a very introductory to Nezikin kind of b'risa, so it's good to learn it. Rosh Hashem taught it four things. Number one, the first thing is that if Andrew is always the damager in these cases, and I apologize, Andrew, you would never, he couldn't hurt a fly, I'm just saying. But anything that's on the premises, right, of the damage, so in other words, if Andrew's shore goes into any private property, of course Andrew's high for everything, good. The mazik, the little nizak, and anything that happens in Andrew's property, then it's certainly potter right? So in other words, his shore, he's got this crazy shore. So if it goes into anyone else's property, he's chayv and everything. If anybody dares trespass into his property, of course he's going to be potter, because that's their problem. They shouldn't have entered in. If it's jointly owned, just like we just said, like a jointly owned field, except for here, interestingly, we don't say an Airbnb, a pundak, we say a bika, like a prairie, okay? Potter ba'ala shein v'ala regel. So this is Rebbe Lezer. Rebbe Lezer says, look at me. I'm bringing you this b'risa. It's one of the four principles of, of Nezikin is that you're potter and shein v'aregel. That's what the b'risa says. That's the b'risa that I'm quoting like. So ala negichla negifla negichla v'itza v'ita. All forms of karen, however. Right, so again, up until now, that third case where you have a chatzar shutafin is talking about shein v'aregel, as we will see. But if you do any form of what we would call karen, which is goring, pushing, biting, squatting, or kicking, in that case, that's Karen. And as we've already said, that's irrespective of which Rishus it's going to do. It's Rishus independent. Where Atam is Misham Chal Tzinezek, and Mur Misham Nezek Shalom, right? In that case, right? In those cases, obviously, as we've said, in any case of Karen, it's irrespective of, of, of the property and location. If it's, if it's a Tam, it's Chal Tzinezek. If it's a Mur, it's Nezek Shalom. Fine. Finally, lo zevel lo What if it happens in like in a healthcare place out in the desert? Or like a chater that's owned by neither of them. So that's a different thing. That's already Phil's chater. Chayiv ba'al shein regel. Andrew's shore is doing his thing, and he's going to be chayiv for shein regel because why is he in Phil's chater? And if any of those aforementioned right uh, applications of Karen, then and that's no surprise. That if, it, that if Andrew Shore was a Tom, which it certainly was not, but if it was in the early days, he'd pay Chatzin Nezek. If he was a Muad, Nezek Shalom, because uh, those are Rishos independent. Anyways, Katani Mias, in any ways, in any event, what do we see? Chatzar Shetafin Rabika, Potabal Shein Valaregal. Rabbi Lazar is going to say, look at this third halacha over here, that if it's jointly owned, you're Potabal Shein Valaregal. So stop quoting me a Brisa, the Tiyufta of Rabbi Yosef, that Chatzar Shetafin Yechayev. I have. This price of the chutzar shetaf and your potter. Oh, says the Gemara. Kasha Adadi, how are you going to reconcile this con- two contradicting prices? Says the Gemara. Kitanya he. What? Well, maybe you could reconcile as follows. When was this second price uh, where that says that your potter taught? Bechatsim yuchel lezev lezev bein leperos bein leshvarin. Hmm. Okay. Listen, Andrew and Barry can have all kinds of uh, business arrangements. 
they can have an arrangement where they jointly own a chatzar and everything goes, right? It's real ownership. Bring all your stuff, right? Bring your shvarim, bring your family, bring your barbecues, bring your, uh, make, plant your garden, anything goes. So that is, you're going to be pater because that means everybody belongs there. Even Andrew's shore is invited. A heather of Yosef, but the case of Yosef, which, may, which makes, right, Andrew Chayev is bechatzar michel aperos, michel shvarim. They co-own a garden, Okay. You don't bring your shore in there. What's Andrew's shore doing in this garden? Right there, Andrew's going to be chayev. In other words, those are the parameters of their business arrangement. You don't know shore is allowed. So if you bring it into a garden and he starts eating all of Barry's stuff and, and goring everything inside, so of course Andrew's going to be chayev, right? Forget the, forget the um, goring for a second because that's chatzar independent. But certainly if he eats all of Barry's veggies in the garden that was supposed to be jointly owned, only for gardening purposes, so then that shore is going to be chayv. Andrew's going to be chayv for that. Oh. And says the Gemara, Daikonami. If you look at the two prices, it's actually very precise. Look at this. Because <laughs> in Yosef Brisa, where you're it's like a private property. It's like an Airbnb little garden inn. So of course nobody's allowed to bring their shore in, in there. Andrew's shore is going to destroy the whole place. And you see where Shimon Rice, if you noticed, he says that the jointly owned, it's like a prairie. Yeah, like where Shvarim belong, right? So one, Obviously, it was jointly owned to be like a safari. And there, of course, the shore belongs. And the other one was jointly owned, like a bika, right? And the other one's jointly owned to be like a little uh, boutique Airbnb with a small little garden. Andrew Shore don't belong there, and therefore he's going to be high if he brings it there. Shmami, no. That is how we resolve that distinction. Okay, so now, Rabbi Yosef said, right, that, that the damage is going to be high for Shane Varegel, uh if it's used only as a garden in that boutique hotel. They do not like this. He says, Wait a minute. Stay acher sounds like, right, you need to, what? That in order to be chayev nezikin, the sada has to belong to somebody else, mamish. So Rav Zera is like incensed, right? Rav Zera, he says, how is joint ownership stay acher? Like, that's ridiculous. It's, of course, a- Andrew's shore is doing damages. Okay, so you're going to say it's supposed to be a garden boutique hotel, et cetera, et cetera, and therefore Andrew's shore doesn't belong there and all the damages Andrew should be high for, but at the end of the day, it's not Zdeacher. Andrew owns it. So that could be the one place where Andrew could let his ridiculous shore run free, and even if he causes damage, maybe it should be not his responsibility because it doesn't fulfill Zdeacher. It says the Gemara, Amr Abaye, came the Michael Karina Bay. Abaye says a nice little chop. Said since it's a garden boutique hotel where Shvarim do not belong, that even though he actually technically owns it with respect to Shvarim, it's considered steyacher. Okay, a little abstract uh, idea for you. So wait. So so now that we have these two braces and we explained it so beautifully, so 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 now we sorted out the braces. So can we say that Rav Chis and Rav Lazar agree with this? The Amoraim? And, then they, and that they would agree with this distinction? So Ravina replies, Amrlai, in. Yeah, that's true. Once we explain it like this, if Chesim Rav could also fall in line with these two, uh, um, with these two distinctions. If you want to say that they still have an argument, maybe they argue about this last little detail of whether it's De Acher or not. Right? Whether the ownership technically makes it his own sada and does not fulfill De Acher or not could be their actual machlokas. Fine. Let's go back to the Bryce of Shimon Laza. The Arba Klolos, right? Now we're getting into the four main principles. Gufa. 13 lines up. Uh-oh. Arba Klolos, Shimon Laza, Omer Ben Nizikin. Kol Shur Vashut Nizik, Kol Lamazik. Chayev Bakol. 
Okay, so again, Andrew's Chayv, so we're going to pick apart every one of these four principles. The first thing is that, um, that Andrew Shore is going out and trespassing everyone's place and eating everyone's stuff. That, he's going to be Chayv. Says the Gemara, Al hakol lokatani, el bakol. El chayv bakol. Doesn't say he's Chayv for all types of damages, but he's, he's Chayv in full. What is the reference? Bechule nezek mani. Wait, so what happens with Karen? Is, does it mean, does it mean that he's also chayev in full, in other nezek shalem, and regardless of the kind of damage it does? Who would hold like that? See what's going on here? In other words, typically we say with regards to Karen, right, Shenver Regal is always going to be nezek shalem. No such thing as chatzin nezek. Chatzin nezek only exists by Karen, by intent to kill, so to speak, intent to, to damage. When it says chayv bakol, it makes it sound like whether it's Shane or Regal or even Karen, there's going to be no distinction between a Tam and a Mu'ad, no distinction between Chatzin Nezek and Nezek Shalom. Who holds like that? So the Gemara Rabbi Tarifon, he, Rabbi Tarifon has a, uh, an interesting shita. What's the shita? The Amar Mishuna Karen Bechetzer Hanizak. That even though we had already said that, that the Nezek of Karen is Chatzar independent, that it's always going to be Chatzi Nezek or Nezek Shalom, whether it happens in a Rishasa Yachad or Rishasa Rabim, that is the Shita of the Chachamim. Rabbi Tarfon holds that, yeah, you have this distinction of Tam and Muad when it comes to Rishasa Rabim, let's say, right? There, you're going to have that distinction. But if it's also trespassing and also goring, then you have no such thing as Tam. That if it does so in a Rishasa Nizak, so that if Andrew's gore goes and trespasses, then even if it's a first-time offense, Andrew's going to have to pay Nezek Shalem, right? That's what it means. It says, It's a famous sheet of Rabbi Tarfon that it's Nezek Shalem even in a private trespassing, uh, in, in a private trespassing situation, even in a case of Tom. Okay. That seems to be contradicted, however, by the last halacha of the Bryson. When we said, that's, let's say it goes into Phil's chatzer and doesn't belong to either one, right? That you're chayef for shein v'regel. Wait a minute. What's the case? If you're going to say that, it, that it's, it's not owned by either of them, but it's Phil's field. Wait a minute. For Shane Varegel, it has to be consumed in the field of, of, of someone else, of the other. And this is an unbelievable thing. This is saying like this, the damage didn't occur in the field of the Nizak. That's what's going on here. Wow. Right? In other words, the damage occurred. Uh, how does that even happen? Right? So, so we're going to see. Right? So again, the, the damage d- t- takes place in, in, a third, in a third party's field. Okay, so then the damager is not going to be high for Shane Varegel. Wow. It's obvious that, it's, that the damage occurs in the field of a damaged party, even though it doesn't belong to, right, to, to either Barry or Andrew. Phil is also a person, and if Phil's stuff gets, gets damaged, then he's going to be high. And yet, right, we see that the owner, if it's a Nezek of Karen, so then Andrew's going to have to pay, like we always do with Karen, Chatzi Nezek for a Tom and Nezek Shalom for a Mood, which is to say, even if it's in the private property of Phil. So Asan Larabanan. So the Gemara says that it follows the Allah of the Rabbanan, right? The Amr Mishunah Karen Bachatzar Nezek, Chatzi Nezek Mishalem, Reisha Rabbi Tarfan, Vestay for Rabbanan. So we're going to say, wait a minute. According to the Rabbanan, the idea of Karen, of a Tom paying Chatzi Nezek and a Mood paying Nezek Shalom is completely Chatzar independent, right? So that is the Halacha. According to Rabbi Tarfon, 
in the beginning of the of the brisa, it sounds like it's not chutzner independent. That if Andrew's fee, uh, sure is the first time offend, offender and it goes into the private property of Phil, that there, even though he's despite the fact that he's a tam, he's going to pay nizik shalim. So what are you going to say that the first part of the brisa is Rabbi Tarfon, and the second part of the brisa is Rabbanan? Says the Gemara in yes. Shinana, because Shmuel, in fact, said to Rabbi Yehuda, as he often did, hey, smart guy, leave the Mishnah alone, follow after me, which is to say, give up trying to explain the Mishnah. According to one view, you have to understand that this Mishnah has to go partially like Rabbanan, partially like Rabbi Tarfon, Rasha Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbanan. Okay, so, Bezat Hashem, tomorrow, we made headway, believe it or not, because the bottom of the page looked a little wider. Yeah. And, and if you look at Amad Bez, it's all thin, Andrew, so that should take about five minutes. We'll resume tomorrow, Bez Hashem, four lines up from the bottom of Yadal and Amad Aleph. And then, uh, yeah, and then if we have to go all the way into Matzah Shabbos, we will, but, but, but Bez Hashem, we won't.